This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Jonah chapter 2. If you have, uh, by the way, if you don't have one of these, if you don't have one of these booklets, raise your hand real fast. And our host team, they're, they're standing up right over here. They'll hand you one of these. And this is a 21-day devotional that you can take notes in and read. So host team, let's clap for the host team, handing these out. All kinds of people raising your hand. Keep your hand up, and our team will make their way to you. We got some people on the far sides. We got some people right here. Keep your hand up. Turn in your booklet to page 35. Page 35, and we can take notes right there. Book of Jonah, page 35. Jonah chapter 2, verse 1. We are in the second installment of a series called Running Towards His Plan. What I love about this this story, if you missed last week, let me just kind of do some recap. In the book of Jonah, God speaks to him and says, Jonah, my prophet, my God. I want you to go to Nineveh and tell all the people that don't know about me, tell them how good I am, how loving and compassionate, how gracious I am. Jonah, who is actually dealing with racism, does not want these people to get a shot at the good news. I want to say here at our church, how dare any of us think that some people are deserving and some people are undeserving of the good news of Jesus Christ. Come on, anybody thankful that God loves all people of all colors, of all backgrounds, of all languages. Oh, come on, somebody make some noise. We are not a racist church. We're an embrace your church. Oh, that rhyme. That was on the spot. So God says, I need you in Nineveh. Jonah's like, no, not going to... Those people don't deserve you, God. So he actually flees the presence of God, goes the opposite way, pays the fare, and goes to Tarshish, which is basically like going the opposite direction for God's will for your life. Some of us, our biggest problem is you are right now living in opposition to God's plan for your life. You know there's a calling on your life. You know that God's given you a vision, a dream, a a word, an unction, and you're going the opposite direction. Jonah dealt with that. He goes to Tarshish. He pays the fare. He gets on a ship. While he's on the ship, this storm breaks out. And the guys on the boat are like, listen, man, we have gone through some storms, but this is not a normal storm. This is like somebody did something wrong kind of storm. Like somebody for sure had some nights in Vegas in 2019. What did you do? I don't know who I'm preaching to right now. So long story short, Jonah comes from the bottom and he's like, he's like, hey guys, it's me. I'm sorry. I'm disobeying God. I, God called me to Nineveh. It's a long story. I didn't want to go. I don't like them. I'm, 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 I'm trying to go to Tarshish. And they're like, Jonah, this is not personal, but man, you got to go. They throw him overboard and the Bible says a whale comes and picks him up. A whale comes and capture him. While he is in the belly of a whale, the Bible says he spends three days and three nights there. Three days and three nights. Three days and three nights. And it is here, while he is in his desperate place, while he is in darkness, while he is in the worst situation that he has ever faced, that he then finally turns to God. For some of us, you got to understand, you got to get to the end of yourself to get to the beginning of God. 
sometimes he's not all that we want (laughs) until he's all that we have. Jonah finally gets his life right and turns to God. Look what he says in Jonah 2. He says, from inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas. And the current swirled about me, and your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again towards your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed. Oh, I hate seaweed. It's disgusting. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. Oh, I love that about God. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayers rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. And the Lord talked to the fish and said, fish, let Jonah out smack dab in the middle of my plan. I don't know what last year looked like for you, but we serve the God that can drop you off in 2020 smack dab in the middle of God's plan for your life. Come on, somebody thank him right now. Come on, he controls the winds, he controls the storms, he controls the whales, and he's in control of us. I want to preach a message right down the title. It's called, Once Again, He's Butting In. Once Again, He's Butting In. And I'll tell you, one of the things I love about God in this year, 2020, if you get off track, if you get off course, if you turn your back, we do not serve the God that folds His arms and says, well, let's see how that works out for you. We serve the God that sends storms and whales and butts into your rebellion. He butts into your disobedience. He butts into the midst of your affair. He butts into the midst of your addiction. He doesn't wait for you to come to him. He's coming to you to intercept you and rescue you. Anybody thankful that we serve the God that loves to butt in? Come on and rescue us from our own self-destruction. Once again, once again. He's budding in. I love that about God. Let's bow our heads and let's pray today. Jesus, we love you. And we're grateful. We're really grateful, Jesus, that you're the God that pursues us. You're the God that sees. You're the God that watches over us. Lord, forgive us for our Tarshish-like moments where we turn our back on you and try and play God. Help us, God. Help us. Help us obey you. Help us listen to you. Help us to put your priorities over our priorities. Lord, we pray a sweet surrender over Zoe Church. Everyone on the live stream, everyone in the house today, we pray that we will yield to the Spirit of God. We trust in you. We don't look to ourselves. We're looking to a better, bigger source, and that's you, God. Thank you for it, God. Thank you for our beautiful city, the city of angels, the greatest city on the planet. Bless Los Angeles in Jesus' name. And we all sit together. Come on, let's clap one more time. A big clap and thank God.
Uh, come on, I said a big clap. Come on, let's thank God for his goodness and his mercy today. Amen. Anybody, you have a friend that loves to interrupt you. Let me see your hand. You have, you have, a, you have at least one friend that is an interrupter. This is Julia's family in a nutshell. Okay, we had a great time. We went back to Julia's house for Thanksgiving. It was, it was kind of fun. And um, it was all right. And uh, Julia's the oldest of four girls. By the way, shout out to Pastor Julia's haircut. Looking like a trillion dollars. And, um, and, and so we went, Julia's the oldest of four girls. Now, what I learned about her family socially, I just watched, is that no one ever finishes a subject. Like they have all these open-ended conversations. Someone will start something and talk about something, and then someone butts in and interrupts, and then they take it for a little while, and then some, before they can finish, somebody else takes it, and I'm just like, well, I want to know what happened back here. Like socially, if you and I have a conversation and you rabbit trail for 15 minutes, I'm still back on the original idea. I still want to know what happened when you were in middle school, okay? Like I'm, I'm going to definitely bring it back to, to, to square one, okay? Because I want to know. So it's amazing when I am with Julia's family, I forgot. You know when you get around people and you're like, I forgot you're like that. I forgot you do that. That's right, you do that. I forgot, I forgot. It's great to see you again, but I forgot you do that. So all of her sisters are talking, and they're talking over each other, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, if I don't interrupt, I'll never say anything. And you know, you know your boy loves to talk. And so I'm just like, this, is, this goes against everything that my parents taught me. My parents taught me that you let someone finish what they're saying, and then you ask, can I please have a turn? This is just called social etiquette. Julia's family didn't get it, okay? But, 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 but they're always kind of button in, like button, like, yeah, but you just, just kind of stepping over and just like you can't even finish. They are buttoning in and over one another's sentences. I want to talk today about how our God loves to butt into the middle of your rebellion, in the middle of your sin cycle, in the middle of your destruction. He's not waiting for you to finish. He's not waiting for you to get it out your system. Somebody thank God that he'll send a storm and a whale because he's the God that butts in. He doesn't wait for you to finish. He didn't wait for you to spend a decade ruining your life. He sends storms and whales to get you into a dark place where you're alone with God and you can come to your senses. And go, man, what was I thinking? Who do I think I am trying to play God in my life? It says from the belly of of the whale, Jonah cried out. It's very rare that when you're on the mountaintop of success that you cry out. It's usually in the depths of despair that you cry out. I want to encourage somebody this year, write down number one today. Cry out from your broken place. Cry out from, because a lot of us, we get to the broken place, we get to the dark place, we get to the place with seaweed on our forehead, and we're like, you know what, that's it, I'm going to lose my mind, that's it, I got nothing else to live for, that's it, I'm going to spend all my money, I'm going to indulge myself in the flesh, I'm going to do the dumb thing, why? Because I'm already in a bad place, and a lot of us make a worse situation more worse. 
But I'm going to ask you this year, when you are in your worst place, do not turn to things that promise to deliver you but can't. Do not turn to things that twist you up and seduce you and lure you into a worse place. Turn to a God that can heal you. Turn to a God that can help you. Turn to a God that's got a plan for you. Turn to a God that is for you. Turn to a God that's got a vision for you. Turn to a God that's got destiny. Turn to a God that's got a plan. Come on, clap today and thank God. I'm not turning to the wrong thing. I'm turning to the right thing. Cry out from your broken place, from your broken place. A lot of us, we get seaweed on our forehead, and we get, we get bumps and bruises, and we're like, you know what? Life already sucks. Life is already bad. Life is already, you know, already messed up. So my, what does it even matter? What does it even matter? I think it matters so much to God that he gets us in these situations to come to a sober-minded sense of surrender to where we can actually go, God, will you forgive me? What what was I thinking? Like, I just love this. From the belly of a whale, Jonah, in his despair, he cries out. You know, when you're in the hospital, cry out to God. You're going through a hard time in life, turn to God. Finances are in, in disarray, turn to God. You don't have to be, what is it about us that we wait till we're good and we're ready and we feel great about ourselves to turn to God? God wants us in the broken place to turn from God. Oh, I love this about him. Look here in Jonah, put it up here. Jonah 2, look at what it says. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the fish's belly. And he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. Oh, look at Psalm 40, verse 2. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay. And he set my feet upon a rock and he established my steps. We serve the God that lifts you out of the belly of the whale. He lifts you out of a horrible place. He pulls you out of that place that, that you broke your heart. Come on, anybody thankful today that we serve the God that has an outstretched arm? You can turn to him. You can cry to him. You can love on him. He is ready. Come on, clap a little bit louder and thank God for who he is. He's a God of grace, compassion, mercy, and understanding. He pulled me out of a miry clay. When I was growing up, I, I was born in a city called Shelton, Washington. Google it. And um, it's a small little town in Washington. And my dad, when I was a kid, he, he took me out with his buddies. And they were, had four-wheelers and, and some trucks, you know, just real white people stuff. And some trucks, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Doritos. I always wanted to do that. It's fun. And so, and so but, but one of the guys' truck got stuck. It got stuck in the mud. And so this other truck came, and, and they, they, they hitched it, and the guy was pulling him out of the mud. And so I was in the truck that was stuck, and the guy's like putting his foot on the gas, and the mud's just flying, and it's stuck, and the other guy's trying, and the other dudes are just watching with Cheetos. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> I'm like, I think this is their sport. And so, and, and, so, and so eventually, out of the mud, the truck comes. God has an ability to grab you and pull you out of a place you can't get out without his help. 
Why don't you this year, when you get in, because they're coming. You and I, this is part of the sin cycle. This is part of the rebellion that's still in us. This is the part of the imperfection we were born into. This is part of the sinners that all of us are. We're going to end up in the belly of a whale. Instead of making a worse situation more worse, why don't we just turn to God? Why don't we just lift our hand? Why don't we just ask God for his strength and his help and allow him to get us out of the situation that we've put ourselves in? Come on, thank him today. He is a God of grace. We do not serve the God that fools his arms. Well, how's that working out? We serve the God of the outstretched arm. In fact, when you are in your worst place, this is when he does his best work. When you are in a place of despair, the belly of the whale, when you are in your brokenness, seaweed on your forehead, I'm telling you this is when God butts in. In fact, write down number two today. But God. But God. Jonah chapter 2, look at verse 6. He says this, I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was in prison in the earth whose gates locked shut forever, but you, but God, I'm here. There's always a difference between your reality and the reality of God. There's always what you're in and who God is. There is a gap between your situation and the promises of my God. But God, I'm facing a Goliath giant, but God. I'm in the belly of a whale, but God. I'm in a lion's den, but God. I'm in a fiery furnace, but God. I'm facing hell on earth, but God. I've got a doctor's report, but God. I'm going through the worst season of my life, but God. I'm in depression right now, but God. I'm on the brink of suicide, but God. I'm addicted to something, but God. Somebody praise him right now. If you serve the God that's bigger than your circumstance and greater than your situation. But God, there's always where you are versus who he is. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. I love this. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with God. I'm telling you, this is just Old Testament. This is just a story about a guy that gets into a whale. I'm telling you, the greater darkness and the greater problem was not the belly of a whale. It was the belly of sin. And God butted in to our sin and made us alive to Christ while we were still sinners. He butted in and said, I'm not going to let you go to hell. I'm going to let you go to heaven. I'm going to butt in. I'm going to give you freedom. I'm going to give you favor. I'm going to give you grace. Somebody clap and thank God. He is the God that makes a way where there seems to be no way. Give him a shout today. But God, but God, but God, but God, but God. I love this about God. I'm telling you, you're going to experience a but God year. A but God is coming. You got, you're like, I got no money, but God. I got a doctor's report, but God. My, my business is floundering, but God. Something's going on, but God. LA's going to hell in a handbasket, but God sent Zoe Church to this city to be a rescuer and a light and a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. He loves the butt in. He loves the butt in. He loves the butt in. He, I'm telling you, when you get into the when you get into the miry clay and you get into a horrible pit and you find yourself in the belly of a whale, God's like, oh, maybe, just maybe, this will be the time that you turn to me. I'm just hoping and praying that you'll finally get to the end of yourself and you'll get to the beginning of me. Jonah's so hard-headed, 
he, you know, he, was th he thought he was something cool when he went to Joppa and he bought that. He was like, how, how much to go to Tarshish? And they're like, 39. 39. All right. You guys do Apple Pay? I done got my wallet. I left in a hurry. He sneaks down. He's in, the, he's in the bottom of the boat. He's like, nobody going to find me here. Remember, God's watching. He sees you. He sends a storm. He sends, a lot of us get, we get really upset and we, and we think that God only sends storms. He'll send a whale too. And, he, and he's in the whale. And he's, it's, it's, it's kind of like the fast. Day one, I'm, I'm fine. Because I was at McDonald's at 1 a.m. <laughs> so day one, I'm, it was not that hard. Day two is all right. Day three, I got a headache because I missed sugar. I bet Jonah day one, he was like, I'm good, I'm fine. Day two is like, this is not that hard. See we on my forehead, but I'm fine. <laughs> Day three, he's like, all right, you win. And God's like, yes, 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 yes. Woo! But God, I don't care what you're up against. God can butt into your situation. He has and he will. It's who he is. So I'm going to ask you this year, write down number three, don't forget to remember. Because what Jonah is doing in the belly of a whale when it's dark with seaweed on his forehead, he starts to remember, I can turn to God because of who God is. I can ask for his help because he's a God of grace. Come on, watch what he says, Jonah chapter 2, verse 7. He says, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. When my soul fainted, when I was so exhausted and so overwhelmed and so perplexed and so confused, I, oh, that's right, I remember the Lord. I, don't, listen, this year, don't forget to remember. you got to remind yourself who God is. you got to remember who our Savior is. you got to remember who you're dealing with. He's not the God of doom and gloom. He's not the God of condemnation. He's not the God of the law. He's the God of grace. He's the God of love. He's the God of acceptance. He's the God of second chances. Don't forget to remember. Don't for, I love this about Peter in, in P, Peter's letter. Watch what, watch what Peter, he writes in Second Peter. He says, yes, I think it is right as long as, as I am in this body, this tent, to stir you up by reminding you. You ever notice how you get stirred up emotionally when someone reminds you of something you forgot about? Some, this, this, is, this is old friends. Old friends be like, yo, remember what so-and-so said about you when we were in high school? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> Forgot. But I remember. And you get stirred up by way of reminder. Because when you get reminded of something, it's like, this is why I love social media. Because social media is always about like, six years ago, this day, so-and-so did this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot about that. <laughs> that was sick, that's crazy. Six years ago today? 
And it reminds us, it it, it triggers some, because you and I are so good at forgetting. You are an expert at forgetting stuff. I don't know about you, but I've mastered the class of forgetfulness. I forget all kinds of things. Any hotel room that I stay in, I bless it with something I forgot. I forget jackets and hoodies and cell phone chargers, and I forget so much. You and I, anything that is important to remember, you set a reminder. So if you got to make an important phone call, you put a reminder in your phone. If you go pay that, you you park in L.A. and you pay the, 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 you know, the the meter and and you set a reminder, I got an hour and a half. Otherwise, I'm going to get a $79 ticket. And so I set a reminder in my phone. I got a reminder that I have a meeting. I got a reminder that I got to go to this. I got a reminder I need to send this email. I got a reminder to text so-and-so. I got anything that's important, you set a reminder. That's why you ought to be in the house of God every Sunday in 2020 because it's a reminder every Sunday. Sunday. This is who I am. This is who God is. And I don't want to forget to remember who God called me to be. Don't forget to remember. Don't forget to remember. Do not forget to remember. Most of us, your biggest problem is you don't, you don't get reminded enough. And you forget. I had this friend tell me this amazing story about somebody that used to go to his church and he hasn't been in like two years. So the other day he came back. And he came back, and when he walked into church, my friend said, I knew this guy when he was in church and loving God and serving God and really into it. And the light that he was, he said two years later, he walks in, and he goes, from my opinion, what I could sense was like this cloud of darkness over his life. He said at the end of the service, he walks up with a big smile, and he says to my friend, oh, my gosh, I forgot what this was like. I forgot how this makes me feel. I forgot how much I love this. Don't forget to remember this is who you are. This is what you want. This is what you live for. And if you got to set a reminder in your phone every day, this is my call. This is his plan. This is my vow. This is my commitment. Whatever you got to do, set some reminders in 2020 that's not going to allow you to forget and end up in the belly of a whale. Come on, give him some praise today. So he remembers God. He remembers God. It's in the belly of the whale that he cries out to God. It's in his worst situation. It's not when he's good and clean and got everything right that he finally turns to God. It's while he's dirty and nasty. What this looks like for you and I in our culture, it's while people are still broken and still addicted and still sleeping around and still using drugs and still dealing drugs and still not the person God wants them to be. Like, let's just call it what it is. While he's in the worst place he's ever been, he turns to God. God intercepts his life. And he reminds himself, oh yeah, that's right. Why, why am I running from a loving, gracious God? The most foolish thing I could do is what I'm doing right now. And he remembers who God is. And in the end, watch what he says to God. In fact, write down the last thing today. Offer to God your best in return. Offer to God. Just offer to the Lord your best in return to his grace. Your best in return to his favor. In other words, what I'm going to ask you, Zoe, please. Please don't give to get. Man, I need my business to really take off this year, so I'm going to give so I get. 
You know, I'm going to serve finally on the team because I know if I serve, it's going to help me financially. We do not give so we get. We give because we've received. Watch what Jonah says. Last scripture, worship team, come join me. Jonah chapter 2, he says, those who worship false gods turn their backs on all of God's mercies. But I will offer, offer sacrifices to you with the songs of praise, and I will fulfill all my vows. You know, this year, 2020, make a vow to God. Make a commitment to God. The Bible teaches us, make vows before the Lord and keep them. So what's your 2020 vow? Because Jonah's making vows. He's not just getting out of the belly of a whale like, whoa, so glad, so grateful. All right, Jesus. Hey, pound it. Thanks so much, man. No, he's making vows. God, I vow here and now. I vow here. I promise you. I love going to weddings because the wedding, one of the most powerful parts, if not the most powerful part, is the exchanging of vows. There is a pastor who officiates, and there are two people who are in love that exchange rings and vows. I so-and-so take you so-and-so to be my lawfully wedded wife, to have and to hold from this day forth, in richer and poor, in sickness and in health, till death do us part. I vow all that I have I give to thee. It's a vow before friends and family. It's a covenant. It's a commitment. And the wearing of the ring is a declaration to everyone. I say no to everybody else because I have said yes to one. So I wear my ring. Why? Because I, I got a ring that says no, 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 no. I say yes to one. I wonder if 2020 is your year to make a vow. I wonder if 2020 is your year to say, God, I vow before you. My future is yours. My life is yours. My money is yours. My mind is yours. My talent is yours. My life is yours. My year is yours. Come on, clap if you're down to make a vow to give your best to God. Don't make a weak vow. God promised you this year, I'm going to give you like half of my Sundays. And if my team's not playing on national TV, I'll come. That's kind of cool. The keyboard went out at the same time. <laughs> Don't be a person this year that makes a vow that is weak and short-sighted. Make a vow that is a commitment to God that says, God, all that I have, I give to you. Look at this verse, Romans chapter 12. Romans 12, verse 1, it says this. It says, therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Zoe, I want to teach our church what worship is. Worship is not simply singing songs. Worship is not just lifting of hands. Worship is not contorting our face to make a, a face that reflects how passionate we are. Above those things, worship is lifestyle. So Jonah says to God, I give you my life. My question is, for all the mercy and all the grace God has given you, what in your eyes is fitting in return? Well, God, you know, just kind of put my foot in, seeing this is for me. 
God didn't put his foot in for you. He hung on a cross. He died a brutal death. He's already all in on you. I wonder if you could be all in on him. Offer to God your best. What's best look like for you? What's the best you have to give to God? I'm going to ask us that we give to God our best, but we don't give with manipulation. We don't give with strings attached. We don't give with ill motive. We give in response. He pulled us out the pit. Come on, clap if you're grateful for the grace of Jesus. close with this, the, the reality and the reason why I love this story so much and why we, we're starting this year in Jonah chapter 2 is because we, we need as a church to be reminded that God's watching our lives. We read this this last week. I don't know if you caught this in your journal, but we were in Genesis. We read this story in Genesis 16. If you don't know the scriptures, it was really cool. After the 10 o'clock, I met someone and this girl told me it's her first time to church. She loved it. And I recognize there's a lot of people in our church. You've never been to church before. Maybe you've never read the Bible. Let me tell you this amazing story. Genesis 16. There's this guy in the Bible named Abraham. For us, he's like a forefather. He's like a patriarch of our faith. God shows up to Abraham and he says, Abraham, I'm going to give you a son. And you're going to have a son with your wife, Sarah. That sounds cool. But as they grow older, even to 100 years, Sarah can't get pregnant. So Sarah comes up with this idea and she's like, well, I can't get pregnant. Abraham, why don't you take my maidservant, Hagar, and have a baby with her? Abraham's like, any other husband. Whatever you want, babe. I no, whatever you want. Long story short, he has a baby with Hagar. Hagar gives birth to a son named Ishmael. Ishmael is his son, but he's not the promise of God because God said, I'm going to give Sarah a baby. So long story short, a few years later, Sarah gets pregnant with the, with the promised child, Isaac. So here's Isaac and Sarah and Abraham. And Sarah's like, oh, can't stand Hagar and her stupid son, Ishmael. I regret that day. What was I thinking? So she kicks Hagar and the boy Ishmael out the house. Hagar's wandering and she's out in the wilderness and she's actually down by a river and she feels broken and she feels rejected and she feels like nobody cares about her and why did she sleep with Abraham and this was Sarah's idea and why would God be so mean to her that now her son is rejected and now what the future look like and she's there by the wilderness and by the river and she's crying and an angel shows up in verse 7 watch what it says it says now the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness by the spring on the way to Shur and he said Hagar Sarah's maid where have you come from and where are you going so this angel finds her in the middle of nowhere and starts talking to her and gives her a promise for Ishmael he says now the angel of the Lord found her but I'll oh, go to the next one then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her you are the God who sees for she said have I also here seen him who sees me oh just love it if you're in the belly of a whale he can see you if you're in a wilderness by a river in the middle of nowhere, rejected, he can see you. I don't know what you're going through, but it's just good news. He sees you. He knows you. He loves you. And he's going to butt in. He's not going to let it happen. He's not going to let you sit there in the belly of a whale. He's not going to let you sit there in your lonesome cell. Somebody thank him right now. If you're grateful, he's the God who sees. He's the God that cares. He's the God that's going to rescue us.